Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 13 of Positions Net. I'm your host, Grant Peters, the founder of Auto Racing Analytics. This week, we have nobody joining us. Uh, usually, it would be me in Ben Amato, uh, mechanical engineering student, legend car driver. Uh, but you see, Ben is actually at a Formula student event this week, so he will not be able to be in attendance. I tried to line up somebody else um, to join me last note, uh, last second notice, but unfortunately that did not work out, um, just because how timing was for when I wanted to record this thing. So it's just me and we're going to make it work either way. We still got a lot of stuff we can get into this week. Um, a lot of stuff happened in this Dover race, a race that the teams kind of thought was, uh, important as far as the rumblings around the garage go, because, uh, teams aren't putting a lot of focus on this race. It was just kind of a race that was there. Um, and so the guys who were good, across the board, um, just as an average, you could say, um, we're going to be good at Dover because this wasn't a place for specialization uh, necessarily. Now, we talked last week about how I maybe thought the 47 car was going to run well um, because maybe they were specializing towards this track for some crazy reason. Um, But we'll we'll get into all that later. For starters, we got a Truex sweep this week. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. wins the cup race on Sunday. Ryan Truex Jr., or Ryan Truex, whoa, 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 no junior on that. I am so sorry. Uh, wins the Xfinity race on, was it Saturday? Yeah, I think the Xfinity race happened on Saturday, and then the cup race got pushed back to Monday. Yeah, makes sense. Um, Truex gets the win. We won't talk much about that Xfinity race, but we're going to get into the cup race. Um, Martin Truex, man, at the beginning of the year, uh, Ben and I both expected this man to be back in the playoffs. We both kind of expected that he would more than likely be back in victory lane. That's a Joe Gibbs car that has had way too much speed. Um, has run way too well to not win races, score points. They're fine. Um, that team, it, I mean, obviously, it's no different than any driver um, when they start to near the end of their career. He's not He's not the guy that absolutely dominated the world in the 78 car. Like, I mean, it, it's just the facts. But that being said, he's still one of the most talented guys on the grid. Um, and so I... I I don't think that this is his last win. I think he's got a couple more in him. Um, but it's not surprising to see him win, win one eventually. Um, it, he won the clash at the beginning of the year. I don't know what else there is to say about it other than we knew it was going to happen eventually, just didn't know when it was going to be. Evidently, it's going to be now. Um, looking at the speed of that car, though, it makes a lot of sense. We go over to median lap rank, and he's he's plenty up the list, let me tell you. Um, I'm trying to actually sort it. I think he was fastest, but I don't want to say anything before I know he wasn't fastest. Okay. So yeah, I forgot about this. We got a chaos on the median lap board, but Truex had what wound up being the fourth fastest car per median lap rank. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with traffic because this was a race that it was just incredibly hard to pass. This is a race that we were wishing we would have that low downforce package, um, to try and reduce the effect of air, um, make it easier to get around guys. But unfortunately we didn't get it. And so we got a race in which it was very difficult to pass. Um, Got to say, though, uh, Goodyear brought a very solid tire. I mean, I obviously want to see more tire wear because, it, I mean, tire wear's great. Never can get enough of it, but that was a solid tire. Um, it wore out, and what do you know? When the tire wore out, passes were made. Like, guys guys would just absolutely lose the tires, and then you saw, it, I think it happened to Byron, I remember very distinctly, just absolutely felt like a rock through the field, just lost all of his track position. Um just because he wore out the tires and then he was gone after dominating the early parts of that race. You think about that. That's how Ross got the lead from him. Then you think about how Ross lost the lead to Truex. I mean, his tires didn't quite die completely the way that Byron's did, but he lost a lot, a lot of speed. Um, 
I also, I, I was intrigued by the way that early in some of those, in, I think it was the third stage maybe, maybe it was the second stage, I don't remember for sure, but there was a portion of the race where I think it was Byron leading, Ross running second, and then either Blaney or Truex third, and they were all spaced by roughly eight tenths, but eight tenths, and at first I'm like, ugh, dirty air, but at the same time I'm looking at it like, no, 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 that's not exactly what's happening here, they're all just content to ride here, because this is a track that's incredibly sketchy. Like, you can watch them just barrel it down off into those corners. They're booking it. They're absolutely flying. Um, Dover's just a very taxing, to ma- taxing, demanding track, um, at least visually. I, I, it appears that way. Um, but they know that if they get up too close to that car in front of them, they're just putting themselves in more dirty air, wearing out the tires faster. So they're accepting, like, I'll just sit eight tenths back for just a little bit wait for the tires to wear a little bit so I can move up to the top and then we're going to race this thing out. And they did. They did that for like 15 laps, I think. And then Ross was like, uh, Ross was about to get passed by maybe Truex or Blaney, whoever was running behind him. I think it was Truex because he moved up to run the top and Ross was like, "Mm, I don't like that. Moved up, blocked the top, realized it was fast and then took off, got by the 24 car in the lead. Eventually the 19 comes through. Yeah, because then that was the run that eventually Ross wore out his tires and Truex got through as well. But that's good racing. That's what we want to see. Um, obviously we always want to see a little bit more horsepower, a little less downforce as well, but the tire wear, man, that's, that's going to make the biggest difference. I think is if we can just get a tire that wears out and forces these guys to move around on the racetrack and it's good stuff. I, I love to see it. I was very happy with the race this weekend. I really enjoyed it. Is it going to be the most memorable race of all time? No, but it was very fun. Um, all the way through, I kind of wish it would have gone green because I think that it, we would have had a fun green finish there between Trex and uh, Chastain. I, I don't know. I think Chastain would have got him. I don't know for sure. Those cars seem kind of even. It seemed like Trex, if anything, maybe had about a tenth on Ross. And the only reason Ross kept getting there was because of traffic. And uh, the data reflects that because if you look at just fourth quarter median lap rank, Trex is the fastest car over Ross by 0.13% a lap. So, and then, and then that next guy down is Christopher Bell, who was third in that category, uh, almost 0.4 off of Trex. So that's a pretty big gap there, um, between Ross and, and Bell, but the gap between Trex and and Ross, I mean, while not the smallest gap we've seen, uh, or even close to it, that's a fairly minimal gap between those top two. So it's not surprising, um, that they had such a close battle there at the end. And you love to see that, man. Um, I would have liked to see that play out. I'd like to see more of these races play out green because I think we've I think we've lost our out on a few like really good multi lap battles at the end of races this year just because of kind of how things uh, things played out. But I mean, there was no question about it. Joey Logano pounded the fence, so I mean, there was a caution that needed to happen there. That car was literally on fire. I'm not faulting NASCAR for that. Just kind of unfortunate how that panned out. Um, because I think, I, again, Dover I think is one of those tracks that like lap traffic kind of helps. You know, um, like dirty air is not a problem when everybody's in dirty air. Like Truex is in dirty air, the lap cars, and Ross's and Truex is dirty air. So everybody's air is terrible. You know, I mean. I think that's kind of kind of the beauty of that place is dirty air is a problem, but it kind of solves itself because everybody's dealing with the same problem all the way around because it's you're in traffic so much. So that kind of helps. It kind of reminds me of sprint car racing in a way. Hmm. Now, again, I, I wish Ben was here to kind of bounce these ideas off of, but you guys are just going to have to let me know on Twitter. Please just 
quote tweet the show with then whatever timestamps or whatever it is you're commenting on, and I'll get back to each and every one of you that has a comment on anything that I say. So whatever you want to say, just go ahead and say it, or you can DM me if you'd rather do that. Um, but I prefer it when you guys are willing to post it. Um, but yeah, kind of just a, a big fan of the of the lap traffic, the tire wear. All of that, I think, played into what was a fairly enjoyable race, a good product, a good show. Um, there's always things we can tweak, but I'm not, I'm not too worried about it at the moment. It was pretty great. Um, so let's get into kind of some of the guys who had speed in this race. Let's talk about them um, and then compare that to the finishing order as well. So the fastest median lap rank, or the, fa- the car with the fastest median lap rank this week certainly surprised me. Um, but again, I think this is a race that we kind of have to take median lap rank with a grain of salt. Um, as we do every race, you kind of have to take the data and then also consider how the race went and try and figure out how we got to that data and then use that information to figure out how we got to the final result. So when we look at Ryan Blaney, he has the fastest median lap rank, which kind of surprised me. But if you think about it, he ran mostly in clean air all day, kind of in the middle of the pack, but he was never really fighting anybody. He wasn't stuck up on the tail of the leaders all the time. Uh, didn't particularly wear out his tires that I noticed. He finished third, had a good finish. Um, we need to talk about Blaney a lot because the Penske cars have struggled a lot this year. Um, they struggled, they struggled in this race with the exception of Ryan Blaney. He's the only guy up there. If we actually look across the whole season, Ryan Blaney ranks 11th in median lap rank on our three intermediate tracks we've had so far. And we got to scroll all the way down to 24th to find Austin Sendrick. And I have yet to find Joey Logano, uh, 27th. So Blaney's kind of an outlier there on the intermediate tracks as far as having speed for the Penske cars. Um, and I don't know I don't know what the deal is there. Ford kind of seems to be off as a whole. I mean, we've talked about this before with SHR struggles. Harvick ranks fourth in intermediate track median lap rank. Yes, I think he is still atop the standings for non-drafting ovals. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't resorted that data. I should. I'll do that while I'm talking here. But um, yeah, Kevin Harvick ranking fourth on the non-drafting ovals or on the uh, intermediate tracks. And then we also have Brad Keselowski in 10th. So there's an SHR car and then a Roush car that are both faster than that first Penske car. There's not a Penske car in the top 10 for speed on intermediate tracks. That's kind of alarming, I would say. Uh, Yes, and Kevin Harvick is still fastest on the non-drafting ovals. Um, But I I just, that definitely concerns me. but I, I think they will get it sorted out. I think Blaney is proof that there's potential there. They're just, for whatever reason, missing the boat. Um, and Hamlin talked about this at the beginning of the season about the different body changes and saying that Toyota was behind. You know, I'm, I'm not really buying that. I think that the way he described the Fords being um, lacking in drag a little bit more this year, that they were a little bit... Um, they're a little bit lower downforce, maybe, I think is how he described it. I, I, I don't want to quote him incorrectly, but it was something along those lines. And I, I think the Ford might be the one at the most disadvantage, and Hamlin's just kind of trying not to show his cards and hope to eventually get some performance back in the Toyotas um, from NASCAR. But I think I think that the Ford might be off just a little bit, but I think they can I think they can handle it. You know, I think that the Penske will get their way back up there eventually. But a very, very good run for Bellini. Um, something that that team, that organization needed. Um, a win on an intermediate track from them would be big. But just to see them atop the median lap rank on an intermediate track is promising. Um, let's talk about the guy who was fastest here a year ago, Ross Chastain. I didn't expect him to back up the, that run quite so heavily. Um, but honestly, I should have. Because I've talked about this before. 
But I think in this next-gen era, we're going to see a lot of repetitiveness of guys running up front. Of When we go back to a track, we're going to see a very similar crew at the top to the guys we saw up there the last time. Because with a spec car, well, I guess it's essentially a spec car. We can have that argument if we want. But it's basically a spec car. So the only thing that you can change is setup and driver. And I think that the driver, obviously, they're not changing. They're still really good at that track or really bad at it when you come back to it. And setup-wise, I think that for the most part, teams are going to improve incrementally and evenly. Like, I don't think that they're going to improve at vastly different rates of figuring out how to set these things up and put them together. So it's not surprising to see Chastain back up there. Chastain's second fastest per median lap. 0.07 off of Blaney. Uh, That amounts to roughly two one thousandths of a second. So virtually even there. Um, But he was fastest in this race a year ago, second fastest here. We continue down that median lap rank list. The next car is Hamlin. Hamlin, I think, had uh, one of the best cars in the field again today and just failed to capitalize on it. I think think they kind of struggled to get through traffic. Um, I think they might have struggled with some tire wear issues they were really close. They were really close. Let's put it that way. They were really, really close to being really, really good. Um, but instead they were just kind of there and that team is on the verge of popping off uh, a whole string of wins here, whether or not they're actually going to do it. I don't know, but you can just looking at the data, they're screaming at you like we're that, we're that team. And they just haven't done it yet. I thought that this, this could have been his weekend. Um, but no such luck. No such luck for Denny Hamlin. Instead, it is his teammate, Martin Trex Jr., fourth fastest per median lap rank, 0.19% off the fastest car. Um, so we get down to Truex. Guys, Blaney's median lap rank is a 23.819, and we don't get outside the 23-second bracket until we get down in St- to Stenhouse in 14th. So those top 13 cars, top Oh, Stenhouse 13, so 12. Those top 12 cars are separated by under two-tenths of a second per median lap rank. That is, that's a tight field spread. That's really impressive. Um, but if we actually, this is quite interesting. If we look at the lap, median lap ranks of the third, fourth, and fifth fastest cars, those are Hamlin, Truex, who we're talking about now, and then Bell. Um, a, these are all 23s, so it's a 0.856, and then a 0.864, and then a 0.8825. Truex and Hamlin incredibly close. Bell pretty close to them as well. That's a whole 0.03% between Hamlin and Truex. Those two cars, very, very even. Um, Truex a little bit slower over the whole of the race, technically speaking, um, but it did take them a little bit to get fired up. Hamlin was up there right away. Truex kind of had to work his way through the field a bit. Um, and then if we look at the end of the race, fourth quarter meeting lap, like Truex is the guy, Ross, Bell, then Hamlin, then Blaney. Um, those are your top five. But we look. We, we go back to the median lap rank. Great day for Truex. We've talked enough about him at this point. Um, Christopher Bell with the fifth fastest car. Again, fast Toyota. No surprise. Bell's the guy. He's going to win a lot of races this year, probably on all track types. I don't think we need to talk anymore about him. William Byron absolutely dominated the early portions of this race. Um, and then I think it just became apparent over time that that car wasn't quite a winning car. It was a really good car. It was definitely a good car. And William Byron's kind of getting to that point in his career now where he's 
he's maximizing what he has. And I think this is the William Byron that everybody's been expecting, everybody's known was there now for years um, since he got to the Cup Series and people started to doubt his abilities as he wasn't getting the finishes to show for it, Hendrick didn't have the cars, etc., whatever reason you want to apply to it, that's all behind him now. Uh, that 24 car is a threat to win every single week, and uh, I mean, they're just they're here now. Welcome to the Cup Series, William Byron. Um, it, old news at this point, honestly. Uh, the man's going to win a lot. Seventh and eighth fastest cars. We got the two Roush, Fenway, Keselowski cars. I talked this week, um, or I talked last week on the show about. I feel like Christopher or Chris Busher, Christopher Busher, gosh darn it, Dale Jr. Chris Busher has kind of uh, fallen short on what I feel like that team is capable of for whatever reason. Like the finishes haven't lined up with what they're actually able to do. Um, and this week kind of shows that we look at last year, seventh fastest car per median lap rank. We look at this year, eighth fastest car per median lap rank. Um, we go over to where he finishes this year. And he's ninth, ninth in the finishing order, right behind his teammate, Kozlowski Nath, who had a slightly faster car than him, seventh fastest per median lap rank. Those are two great cars. Um, RFK, they've got their stuff together. And we're going to talk about the point standings eventually here. Um, but the two RFK cars right now, if we look at the playoff standings, they sit in, it'd be 13th and 14th, 75 and 49 points ahead of the cut line, respectively, with Kozlowski ahead of Busher. Um... They're looking really good. I, I, I'm i thinking both of those cars are going to be in the playoffs. I, guys, I'm going to have to go back and write out what my playoff predictions were before the season because I, I couldn't tell you if I had. I don't think I had the two RFK cars in because I think I had to leave them out to make room for, for an AJ Allmendinger. And honestly, the year that I think Allmendinger's having this year, it, it's kind of flip-flopped of like I expected colleague to do something like Roush is doing this year where they have elevated their performance and on points alone they're going to be a playoff car um, but that year, this year that's Roush they've really got it together they're maximizing their finishes they're bringing fast cars every week like literally we, we look at the median lap rank across non-drafting ovals this season and uh, Keselowski's he's got it together like he's the 10th fastest car in the series objectively on the non-drafting ovals and Busher's 17th and I feel like Busher's median lap rank doesn't fully showcase what that team's capable of I think there's more on the table for him I'm expecting both those cars to go into the playoffs I think there could be a sizable playoff run from Kislowski. I think that those are two teams that have a lot of potential and could uh, Roush is going to win a race this year more than likely I think again they won last year I think they'll win again this year um I I don't know who it's going to be. I don't know if it's going to be both of them. I'd like to see Kozlowski back in victory lane because I feel like he's worked for it a lot um, in having to switch teams, and I think he's he's earned that. Um, but obviously, cup races are really, really hard to win, and so he'll get there eventually. Ninth spot, uh, Kevin Harvick, ninth fastest car in the field. Harvick actually uh, wound up finishing this race. Um, where is he? What happened to Kevin Harvick? There he is, 19th. Um, went a lap down. Ah, yes, he went a lap down because I remember um, somewhere in the mid stages of the of the like of the third middle portion of the third stage or so, there was a caution. I remember him battling Corey LaJoy to be the first car on the lead or the first car one lap down. Um, so he went a lap down, but had a, a fast hot rod. Uh, Harvick still the fastest car on non drafting ovals in the series. Shocking, impressive. 
I don't know what else there is to say, man. Kevin Harvick's he's the real deal. Then Redick, Gibbs, two Toyotas. The Toyotas were good this week. 12th, the 48 car for Josh Berry. Josh Berry's been very impressive recently. Um, at the start of his uh, his run here at Hendrick, subbing for people, um, I wasn't super impressed by it, and it's nothing against him. It's just kind of I didn't really think that uh, it was – I think it was kind of being oversold how impressive it was because I feel like a lot of the time he was just kind of finding good finishes through – luck for a lack of a better way to put it but this week gets himself a top 10 with the 12th fastest car great run by josh barry that's an excellent job supposedly the man's got a cup deal lined up we'll talk about that at some point um probably not today but as the season goes on and i think it's well deserved at this point he's he's running well um mind you it's a hendrick car it's one of the best cars in the field i actually i spoke very highly of alex bowman going into this race i'm disappointed that he was taken out of it because i think that this was going to be a very important race for him and we'll we'll talk about this when ben comes back next week but i think that uh, alex bowman could be in a lot of trouble here as far as making the playoffs i joked about elliot missing the playoffs but if we actually look at the playoff standings right now chase elliott's 83 points out he's getting back in the playoffs um alex bowman because of the penalty that he was dealt i mean that's a large reason for where he's at he is currently fit 15th um on the playoff leaderboard ish roughly well they haven't granted him a waiver yet so here here's the deal technically speaking uh daniel suarez is the last guy in he has 231 points so bowman is uh what would that be 39 points ahead of that um ahead of chase briscoe even with ricky stenhouse jr's point total the goat good to see up there stenhouse um but if bowman misses four weeks here i mean gives up a handful of points that's 39 points that's going to pretty easily drop him below the cut i would assume let's just say he gives up 20 points a race for four weeks that's going to put him 40 out i mean i guess he could come back from that either way i think i think this is going to make this a very interesting battle for bowman to get back in actually now that i'm kind of saying this out loud i'm i'm thinking he might he might still be able to sneak it into the playoffs but it's going to be it's going to be kind of a tough road i'm going to be honest it's it's not as obvious and easy as it was before and i left alex bowman out of my playoffs at the beginning of the year because i think i i undersold um his ability to kind of just for lack of a better better way to put it be a a prime eric almarola type guy um except when eric almarola was in his quote-unquote prime i don't know that he was at shr he might have been in i don't know it's debatable when almarola's prime was but you know what i mean of like it's not a knock on alex bowman it's just that he literally just gets what that car deserves like he he doesn't make mistakes he's uh, he's just he's there getting exactly what you'd expect that car to get and does a perfectly serviceable job um so it's kind of going to depend on what what they bring him i guess when you when you give that description of alex bowman that he's just getting exactly what the car deserves when you put him back in the car i mean if you're trying to make a steady claw back to the playoffs i guess that would be exactly the driver you want the one that doesn't make a lot of mistakes the one that doesn't wreck out of races Um, And it's just going to get the points that are on the table and slowly work that point total back over. I think you think about who he's fighting to gain points on. He's gaining, he needs to gain points on Chase Briscoe, 
Daniel Suarez, Ty Gibbs, Austin Sendrick. I like his chances to outpoint those guys. Um, I think the Suarez fight, I think he can come back from that one. The Chase Briscoe fight, especially in the car Briscoe's driving right now, I think he can come back from that one. If Harvick can help elevate the speed of those other cars, specifically Briscoe, um, I think Haas will be looking a lot different. And I think that then it might be a tougher challenge for Bowman to actually catch Briscoe. It also all depends on who wins races. You think about if an Eric Jones, a Justin Haley, an A.J. Allmendinger, a Ryan Priest, Bubba, LaJoy, somebody like that pop off a win. Austin Sendrick on a road course. Uh, heck, Ty Gibbs could win a race. Any of those guys, then it becomes a different fight, and I don't know that Alex Bowman's going to win a race or not. It's it's so hard to he's a really hard driver for me to get a gauge on i'm not even i'm not going to try and hide that again i wish mr ben was here right now because that man uh helps make my thoughts a bit more cohesive but we don't have that luxury this week it's all good though uh we'll keep moving on um who we got after alex bowman the hall of famer himself ricky stenhouse jr 13th fastest car guys kind of saw this one coming man um good to see ricky up there uh, 13th fastest car per median lap rank. We actually go over to the finishes, and sure enough, he's right up there. 15th in the finishing order, 13th for, per median lap rank. That's a good run for Stenhouse. Again, just getting what that car has earned, not overdriving this year, just being very smart with it. Um, something you love to see. You love to love to see that out of Ricky Stenhouse. Can't praise that guy enough um, for what he's done this year. Just taking that step forward to stop wrecking race cars and not overdrive it and i think that i think i think there's more to it than the wrecking race cars i think the not overdriving it is more visible now in the sense of like i think he's getting better finishes because he's not overdriving it not just because he's not damaging his car but also you think about like tire management stuff like that just race management knowing when to make the passes like the pressure's off of him and i think he's finally seeing the fruits of what that team has done and how fast he is uh there's a guy that finished right in front of him that i want to take a moment to talk about uh, and that's Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy finished this race in 14th. Guys, I talk so much about Corey LaJoy and about how that man deserves a, deserves a good opportunity and how he's just an outstanding driver. And I'm never going to stop. Corey LaJoy had the 16th fastest car per median lap rank this week. That is remarkable. And he finished 14 with, 14th with it. He was fighting to stay on the lead lap at one point. If he catches a caution right, if he stays on the lead lap there, finds himself on the top 13 gets on the lead lap like you think about you look at the final results yeah there was 12 cars that finished on the lead lap that's a couple more positions that he would have gained just if he would have gotten lucky with the lucky dog at some point um but yeah great run for Corey LaJoy regardless you love to see that um just super super impressed with that team really showing exactly what I had hoped they would show this year this is the step that I was hoping slash expecting from them this year and it's been it's been great to see um, we actually go over to the point standings. Corey LaJoy still finds himself 22nd in the standings. Um, as we said earlier, the number right now, make the playoffs, Daniel Suarez, 231 points. It's debatable on Briscoe at 250. Uh, Corey LaJoy currently, currently sits at 208, just being super consistent. Corey LaJoy currently ranks ahead of guys like Eric Jones, Eric Almarola, Justin Haley, AJ Allmendinger. Corey LaJoy in the Spire Motorsports car is ahead of both the colleague cars. He is ahead of two Stuart Haas racing cars. Um, he's ahead of both of the Legacy Motor Club cars. And he is ahead of his teammate, Ty Dillon, by well over 100 points. Corey LaJoy getting it done this year. I don't know what else to say about the man. It's been 
it's been a remarkable season for that team and i hope he finds himself a win to show for it because they're absolutely on it now how is he going to win a race in the 16th in the what was it the 16th fastest no yeah 16th fastest car that i have no idea it's going to need to be a super speedway but regardless great run for that team um another guy that had a good run this weekend did he have a good run this weekend i gotta check that no no never mind i was thinking of a different guy that's okay uh we can take a moment to talk about bubba wallace because bubba wallace finished 12th this week um and that 23 car finds itself the 18th fastest car per median lap rank if we actually go over to uh the point standings this is I've, I've got some concerns for bubba wallace he's currently 21st in the points i predicted him making playoffs with ease i thought there was gonna be a two-win season out of him uh Corey's currently eight points off bubba wallace um yeah that that's not great for whatever reason the finishes just haven't been there this season and maybe somebody who's been paying tighter attention to bubba um can explain why but when we just look across the whole of the season that's not a slow car like we look on just the non-drafting ovals for 2023 and that 23 car ranks 15th uh just right behind ty gibbs um so a decent car i i don't know i don't know what you do there you just i mean i don't i don't understand how that happens because bubba's got the 15th fastest car in the field and is only eight points ahead of the 30th fastest car in the field, which is Corey LaJoy. Like, I, I don't want to give the guy a hard time. Well, and it's actually, he, I guess Corey's kind of the 29th fastest car in the field because Jimmy Johnson technically goes ahead of him. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, oh, no, did I just sort the wrong column? Gosh darn it, guys, that's not true. I sorted the wrong column. <laughs> ah, Bubba Wallace ranks 14th per median lap rank on non-drafting ovals, and Corey's 25th. So, the that's still about the same split roughly what is that 11 spots yeah so it's 11 spots eight points i don't understand how that happens um but i think that team will turn it up we're going to a racetrack this week where he is a major threat to win most recent winner here at kansas speedway um we got to stop talking about this race i gotta i gotta move on from this um strategy wise we already talked a lot about the tire wear but on that final sequence that um, the caution came out and everybody had to make their decision on what to pit, not to pit, what number of tires to take. I think everybody made objectively the right decision there at the front of the field. I think it was Blaney that stayed out, right? Great decision. Good call. Maybe he took two. I think he stayed out though. Ah, did he? He might've taken two. I think he took two. Oh, I'm, I'm struggling to remember this, but I know that there were some guys up there. Truex took taking two. That's a great call for him um ross taking four that's the only one that's debatable maybe he should have taken two maybe he should have stayed out uh, probably not stayed out probably should have probably taken two if anything but ultimately it worked out for him to take four just didn't quite work out in the win worked out with the second place finish they knew that they had to be that first car out there uh, you watch trex and blaney battle man he almost got him three wide and almost had that race um a good battle between those two trex and trex and uh, blaney and then also chastain and trex all through that final run and then kind of had it at the end too but lost some of that battle um just a, a really solid race great strategy performance guy by the crew chiefs got to give them a round of applause because i like to harp on some of the strategy decisions sometimes but recently i've seen exactly like what makes sense and i think also part of that is me just starting to understand more what goes into those decisions and what what actually the right decision is and not just monday morning quarterbacking it if you will um 
Yeah, that is the Dover race. So we're going to look ahead to the Kansas Speedway race this week. Now, guys, Kansas Speedway, my home track, I will be in attendance this week. I cannot wait. Um, so if you happen to see a guy there wearing an auto racing analytics t-shirt, yeah, that's me. Um, there's nobody else wearing one of those. So just walk up, say hello. I'll be happy to talk to you. Um, and yeah, I love Kansas Speedway, guys, not just because it's my home track, but because it's a great race course. Um, multiple grooves, wears out tires. I think it is objectively, I'm not counting Darlington because Darlington is special. Um, the second best mile and a half on the schedule. Um, I'll put homes, I'll, I'll put Homestead in front of it as much as I don't want to, because I think Kansas and Homestead are pretty even. Um, but Kansas Speedway is a great track and I want everybody to give it the, give it the credit it deserves. That place puts on great racing every time. Um, no matter the car because of tire wear and multi-groove racing. And I think that mile and a half where the top line is preferred are better because it opens up the opportunity to pass using the slide job. And when the bottom lane's preferred, I mean, I don't know how you, it just becomes much harder to pass people, um, struggles to open up options basically. Um, mind you, Dover bottom was kind of the preferred line this weekend and people still made passes. There are ways for it to work. I'm not saying there aren't. Um, I just think that top line dominant tracks are a little bit better. Um, especially ones with high tire wear and multi groove, um, racing the progressive banking that Kansas has. It's pretty great. So looking into this race, there's a very specific group of people that you have to, you got to look at. Um, it's, it's pretty much two crews. It's the Chevy crew and it's the Toyota crew. Of course, I'm not going to count out Blaney entirely and those Penske guys. Um, they could show up. Kevin Harvick, fastest car on non-drafting ovals, definitely could find himself being a factor, but they're not who I'm looking to. I'm looking to the guys at the top of the intermediate track standings this year. Those are Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain, both with median lap ranks of, uh, of four. Um, but then, then it's kind of their teammates. So it's going to be the Gibbs cars. It's going to be the Hendrick cars. Um, as far as the Gibbs cars are concerned, Denny Hamlin's the fastest on the non-drafting ovals. Third is Trex. And then seventh is Bell. Um, Gibbs kind of way down there in 17th, but I think those Gibbs cars and the 2311 cars, any one of them could be a factor. I think more than likely there's going to be exactly two or three Toyotas that are a factor of those guys. Which ones? I'm kind of leaning Hamlin, Bell, Reddick, but you could sub any of those three for Bubba. It just kind of depends on what everybody brings. It, um, some guys are going to hit the setup, some won't, and that's kind of how it's going to come down to. As for the Chevys, Ross, going to be a factor. Is he going to have the fastest car? I don't think so. I don't think that he'll be the outright quickest, but I do think that he'll be up there. Um, and then we look at... Um, then we look at the Chevys um, from Hendrick Motorsports. Fifth fastest on intermediates was uh, the 24. Sixth was the 48. You got the eight car in eighth. I think that he is kind of throw him in the same same category of Ross. If I think he'll be up there, but I don't think he's quite going to be on the same level as the Gibbs and Hendrick cars. Um, and I'll throw the 23 and 11 cars in there as well because to me, they're basically the same thing. Um, the five cars down in 13th, I don't know how to explain that. Um, his, it's on 15. So, oh, okay. So there's a 31st. Okay. I'm going to actually pull that. So I'm, I'm doing some cleaning of the data right now before I publish this, but so 
what happens is when guys wreck out like what happened to Larson at Dover this weekend, we have this terrible median lap rank if he was 31st in median lap. That's just like, it's true for that race, but it's not across the whole season. So I got to remove that before the data becomes um, perfect for the averages, which is why I have to kind of go through and clean all this um, before I release averages to you guys. But that actually bumps the five car up to fifth in the standings uh, with the seventh fastest intermediate uh, median lap rank. So the the five will be the fastest of the Hendrick cars, or is the fastest per average of the Hendrick cars. It's the five, the 24, the 48, the nine down in 19th. I'm going to guess that that one is also being obscured by something. Maybe not. Nope, I don't think so. So, yeah, I, that's not representative. The That nine car will get it figured out. Obviously, Barry's been in that car a little bit too, so that's probably not helping that number um, as he was just kind of learning. But it's going to be the Hendrick cars, it's going to be the Gibbs cars. Um, and then there's a couple of guys that could get involved in that. And we're going to take a quick break, and then I'll give you my pick when we get right back. And we're back. Time to make pre-race predictions uh, for Kansas Speedway this week. Already talked about how much I love this racetrack so much. Um, but who is actually going to win here this week? That is the tough call. And for that, I have decided to veer away from just total averages and look at la some data from last year and also look at the Las Vegas race from earlier this year because I think that that is an incredibly comparable track. I think that the similarities there are very high. We look at the fourth quarter median lap rank from that race. We look at the median lap rank itself and we'll look at the best lap rank. So let's start with the fourth quarter. Um, for some reason, Daniel Suarez makes an appearance atop this list. Then Larson, Austin Cindric, Bowman, and Truex. Those are your top five. Over on median lap rank, our top five are Larson, Byron, Hamlin, Bowman, and Truex. And over on the best lap rank side, we got Byron, Larson, Bowman, Logano, Bubba. So a pretty specific group up there at the top, a lot of the same names. Um, it's, it's Byron, it's Larson, uh, it's Hamlin, and it's Truex. Those are kind of, your, kind of your crew. We go over to Miami a year ago, and what do you know? We start to see some similarities in the mile-and-a-half races from this time last year. Larson, Truex, Chastain, Byron, Hamlin, those are your five fastest cars per median lap rank. Six was Joey Logano making an appearance right there. We go to Vegas a year ago, just a race before that, and our five fastest cars are Logano, Chastain, Reddick, Bush, Truex. We go over to Kansas, just a, a couple races before that, Bubba, Bowman, Bell, Blaney, Truex. So I think I think your your elite group of guys right there is pretty obvious. You got to look at Larson and you got to look at Byron. Those are those are your two. Those are kind of your your one A your one B. But you can't ignore that next, that also crew of, uh, of Hamlin, Truex. Um, and I, I don't want to, while Bell's name isn't popping up quite as much, I don't want to ignore him because I think, feel like he's grown a lot since then. Um, and Chastain, Chastain's name pops up a lot in those races a year ago. Obviously doesn't really pop up in this Vegas race, but he did run well at Dover. So I'm going to throw him into, the, into that top five. So the five I'm looking at are Larson Byron, um, Chastain, Hamlin, and Truex. And the guy I'm actually going to give it to is Kyle Larson. 
because this is Kansas Speedway. This is a track that wears tires. This is a track where it's very highline dominant. Um, we remember a year ago Larson battling that. Gosh, who was that battle with? Truex and I think Bush, Kurt Bush. Was that the race Kurt Bush won? I remember. I think yeah, it was. I, I think he he had quite the battle with Kurt, and I think Truex was up there as well in that spring Kansas race. I remember that being pretty interesting. And then when we came back in the fall, those Gibbs cars were a little bit better. And so I'm kind of concerned about choosing a Hendrick car. I think that there's a chance that the Gibbs cars kind of have Kansas figured out a little bit better, and I could be making a mistake there. But I just think about what Kyle Larson does best, and I think that this race really suits him. Now, one guy that I didn't list that's kind of my sixth man is Tyler Reddick, um, because I think that 2311 clearly has something figured out at this track. And we know that Reddick has a very similar skill set to Kyle Larson. So I think that he certainly could be up there. Um, I just find it interesting that this eight car has been so strong with Bush in it to start the year. And we don't see his name pop up in quite so many races in that 45, either at Las Vegas or here in Miami. So I'm just, I'm going to leave him out for now, um, but he definitely could be up there. Nothing against Reddick, just kind of the numbers aren't really showing his name. So that kind of puts, puts him sixth on the list and not quite in that group of five. So then as we start to look for some underdogs, guys, it, it's Kansas. This isn't really an underdog heavy track, um, but I think that the RFK cars are maybe some cars that people still won't be expecting good runs out of, but they really should be. Another guy um, that you sh- that you should be expecting good run out of that you might not be um, is Austin Dillon. And that would be just because of the performance of his teammates or of his teammate Kyle Busch this year. Um, he's been really solid. We look at intermediate track speed, Kyle's ninth. Um, and Austin's way down in 24th, but I think that that car has it's got the same thing. Like it's the same car. So I, I think that he's going to get it sorted out. Um, and I think he can put together a solid run, um, on intermediate tracks alone. The six car ranks 11th, the 17 car. Where is the 17 car? My goodness. I'm not seeing his name. Ah, 14th. Okay. So 11th and 14th for the Roush cars. Those are pretty solid numbers. People might not expect those numbers to be that good. Um, but they are. And I think that, I think they'll both put together, good runs other than that it's really hard to find find a car um one guy that's had good runs here um before is chris busher uh you think back to when he was driving that 37 car for jtg i think i vividly remember him having some very good runs at kansas i think there was also a very horrific crash for him in kansas um but he'll he'll be up there for sure i think in that rfk car just kind of a that that tear down you know of guys that will kind of be there but might not be in contention for the win chris has kind of showed up in some strange places before of like remember that miami race i think it was in 2020 or 2021 where he just showed up in the 17 when roush was in their absolute worst and casually led like the whole first stage and won it or something like sometimes that he just kind of shows up on intermediate tracks randomly unexpectedly and runs really really well um and i i don't see why that couldn't be this week necessarily there's nothing super aggressive leading to that um but i think that's definitely in the cards for him uh i think that's that's kind of everything that i had this week um yeah gosh 
yeah, that that's kind of the show. So, um, yeah, just we're we're about halfway through the season, halfway through the regular season now. So, I should have uh, the data up for you guys, the averages here soon. I'll be in Kansas this week. Um, I should have some time this week to spend more time uh, ironing out those averages and then getting them on autoracinganalytics.com. So those should be up in the next couple of weeks, but you'll still see the typical race breakdowns on there. I'm still going to get what you have come to expect over on the uh, the Twitter um, as far as snippets of stats and then the uh, aver- had the final 50 laps gone green graphic that just kind of shows speed as a visual thing. Um but super excited for Kansas this week, one of my favorite racetracks. Um, Ben's not here, but you can find him on Twitter at BenAmato24A. Um, he'll usually be here. Guys, I'll, I'll be looking for guests in the future as well. So if you got any suggestions or uh, can get anybody to come off or let me know, um, I'll be interested in, in, in talking to them. Um, as for me, if you managed to find this podcast without uh, following the Twitter, congratulations. You are really something special. I don't know how you managed. Um, so uh, go follow the – first subscribe to this podcast, obviously, and then go follow the Twitter at uh, Auto Racing Analytics on Twitter. That's A-R underscore analytics. Um, there's also links to the website there, autoracinganalytics.com. Um, and on that page, uh, you'll find all the data that we talk about in this podcast um, and more. Uh, how, all the 2022 data is up there, and I'll get the 2023 averages up there here real soon. Um, and then each race, I post a breakdown of just that race, of just the data for it every single week. So you guys will see that. Uh, also working on getting the truck and Xfinity stuff up there soon. Um, it's just all It just all takes time, and this is not my main obligation. This is a, a side thing for me. So it's kind of hard to keep up with it all, but I appreciate all you guys' support. You don't understand how much it means to me um, that you guys care about this show and so and about the work I do here. So if you enjoy it, share it with your friends. Um, keep supporting. Keep telling people about it. Um, Grant, final thoughts since it's just you. Um, my final thought is that I'm going to be in Kansas Speedway this weekend and I can't wait to be there. Uh, it's going to be a fun time, and I love that racetrack. I think it's the second best, borderline best mile and a half, arguably one of the best tracks on the schedule. Um, if you happen to see a guy there wearing an auto racing analytics t-shirt, come say hello. I'll be happy to talk to you. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Oh, if you enjoyed this show, obviously share it with your friends like always, but if you enjoyed me doing this by myself, I will not be doing shows by myself on a regular basis, but if you enjoyed this, let me know, um, and maybe when, like, small news stories break and I can't, uh, I can't get Ben and I to sit down and do a whole podcast together about them, if you guys enjoy this, I'll post, like, shorter podcasts of, like, just a 20-minute thing where I react or talk about the implications of whatever news broke um, when something small happens like that. So just let me know if you guys enjoyed that. Anyway, those are all my final thoughts. I got to get out of here. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been episode 13 of Positions Net. See y'all later.